0: to the conference. Please stand by. We're about to begin. Good day and welcome to the BPPM version 9.5, When to Use CMA Policies Versus PCM Rules and Patrol webinar. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I would like to turn the call over to Cedric Rawls. Please go ahead, sir. All right, thank you, Hannah. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining today. Uh, I do realize we we got the invite out a little bit late, so uh, I really do appreciate you all joining. We certainly hope that this is a very important and viable topic for everyone. Uh, You probably will have a lot of questions as well, so please make sure you use the Q&A window for your questions and that way we will be able to get to all the questions and get them answered as uh, quickly as we can. Uh, We ask for your undivided attention. And once again, we do appreciate you taking the time to join. I hope you get a lot out of this. And I will turn it over to Hudson Meeks, our presenter. Thanks. Go ahead, Hudson.
1: Thank you, Cedric. And thank you, everybody, also, for joining. Uh, As with most of our best practice webinar sessions, This session is focused more around what we would consider to be first-level type training. It is focused on best practice versus details regarding how to. Um, However, in addition to best practice discussions in this webinar session, we're also going to go over some functionality and talk about behavior regarding how patrol uh, rules and so forth work in concert with policies and where there may be uh, conflicts and not conflicts and things like that. Uh, so there's a little bit of uh, functional learning that you'll gain out of this in addition to the best practices that we're gonna talk about. It's very focused on core BPPM components and patrol. Uh, we're not going into other components such as EUEM or TMRT or things like that. Uh, we can 't possibly address every scenario, uh, so we 're going to hit the really big topics, the ones that are the most important. Um, in addition to this, prior knowledge to of BVPM and patrol components and terminology, is very beneficial, especially for this session. Now, if you don't already have some knowledge in, in patrol and BPPM at a fairly deep level, don't worry too much. You could still watch the webinar and then go brush up on any questions you have later regarding terminology. But it definitely um, is helpful to have previous experience um, with patrol and BPPM. At a fairly detailed level, especially regarding patrol and how patrol agent rules work and those kinds of things. Some of the concepts that we talk about in this session will make a lot more sense if you have some prior knowledge in that area. Okay, so what is our agenda? Uh, we're going to go over some prerequisites that are really very important, some, some topics that you should be knowledgeable about. I'm not going to go into detail about them, but we're going to give you some information there and, and tell you what you need to go look up and so forth prior to attacking the, the information and especially prior to applying in your environment the information that we provide in this webinar session. We'll go over some benefits and limitations of policies um, the, the this is not intended to be like a marketing presentation. What's in, intended at this point is that you understand what the benefits and limitations are to help you make a good decision or decisions around which methodologies you might follow um, in applying policies and whatnot. And a large portion of, of the webinar session today is going to be focused on deciding a configuration methodology. And you may actually have... You may actually choose a couple of different methodologies there which will become more apparent as we get into this. So that's really the the major intent of this session is to help you make that decision, give you the information you need to know in order to make those decisions. Um, We'll talk about scenarios requiring non-policy configuration. In other words, scenarios that would require you to continue using patrol configuration manager or PCM. Um, and and potentially patrol consoles as well. Um, Agent rule structures, we're gonna go into some high level information about agent rule structure. Um, We'll also talk about some key agent configuration rules. We can't possibly go over every agent configuration rule, but we're gonna go through some, some very high level, very impactful key agent rules that you need to be aware of and understand their behavior and how they work with policies and how they work with a, a mixture of policy and non-policy implementations. Um, policy-based considerations, we'll talk about some key points on that, as well as non-policy-based considerations. We'll also talk a little bit about when to use patrol consoles. That's become a quite limited area, meaning their, their usage in a production environment Um, with BPPM 9.5 and the ability to use policies in 9.5 and and whatnot is is relatively limited um, when it comes to utilizing patrol consoles. So we will highlight when when it makes sense to use them and when we recommend not using them and so forth. Um, And then we'll we'll wrap up with some general recommendations and some do's and don'ts uh, for this particular topic. Okay, so what are the prerequisites? Well, first of all, if you're not already aware of the architecture and scalability best practices, uh, you definitely should go review that and you should have a complete and a, a complete scalability assessment um, completed in your environment and also complete an implementation architecture design before you really go about determining um, you know the the decisions around policy versus non-policy configuration when you use patrol consoles and when you use PCM. And you might note also that 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 decision plays somewhat of a part in determining your architecture. So you need to to understand what the architecture needs to be initially and then take considerations into uh, account regarding which agents may require a direct connection from PCM or patrol configuration manager. So, that, so it's really important that you work through the architecture design and so forth in concert with making your decisions regarding your policy versus non-policy approach to configuration management. Monitoring configuration best practices is also very important. There are certain things regarding uh, you know, working with policies and whatnot that we covered in the monitoring configuration best practices already that will not really be repeated here. There's a few key points that we will repeat, but the majority of what's in the monitoring configuration best practices is not repeated. So it's really important that you have an understanding of those best practices uh, prior to, you know, acting upon what we provide in this webinar session. Also, upgrade and migration best practices, there are some key points regarding, you know, which when, when you may actually deploy policy management versus not deploying it and whatnot um, that have an, an impact with upgrade and migration as well. And we'll talk briefly about that in this webinar session. But prior to, again, executing and, 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 and um, acting upon what you get out of this session, you should also have, reviewed the upgrade and, and migration best practices that we've already delivered. And have an upgrade and migration plan in, in place as well. Those plans may be impacted by some of what you see in here, but primarily they, they shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a major uh, point for you. You should also have installed and configured BPM servers and integration service nodes. Um, prior to acting upon what you see here in this webinar session. High availability and disaster recovery should be configured as well if those are necessary in the environment, as well as things like heap settings and whatnot for the BVPM infrastructure components, okay? So what are the the benefits and limitations of policies? At At a very high level, the major thing that policies provide is an automated application of configuration settings, which was not available with PCM unless you did something custom. So that's one of the really key benefits of policies and a major driver for using them. It also provides a way to control and automate the enforcement of configuration settings. So if a policy is, is configured for an agent or agents, and somehow those agents get out of whack from the configuration or something, somebody connects to them directly with something like PCM and makes a change. The, the policy um, um, application process can help enforce the configuration settings and, and revert the agent back to the proper settings, okay, in an automated fashion. It also, the policies also simplify the architecture, So policy settings are populated to the patrol agents through the integration service nodes uh, based on the port that the agents connect to on the integration service nodes for all the other data that's coming up from the agents. So you've got basically one connection to the integration service nodes uh, from the patrol agents that facilitates performance data, events, and additionally the application of policies. So that really simplifies the architecture reduces firewall management, and it also improves security and whatnot in an environment. So these are, these are really the, the high-level major benefits of utilizing policies. Now, there are some limitations to policies when you compare what policies are able, what you're able to do within CMA or the Central Monitoring Administration component and the policies therein. Um, comparing that to PCM and, and uh, capabilities that are built into PCM, one thing that's in PCM that's not in the policy um, CMA component is configuration reporting. We don't today have a way to, out of the box, generate configuration reports, and that's something we're looking at, at providing in the future. We also don't have search and compare across multiple agents for detailed configuration settings like you do in PCM, Okay. Uh, So be aware of those things, but that's not the end of the world, and we'll we'll talk about that, how to handle this in a moment. Also, for some customers, I don't don't see this used very often, but I know it has been used. I've seen it used sometimes. Transaction logging of applied configuration settings is basically tracked in PCM as well, and that's not today, you know, an um, out-of-the-box thing that you can look at within CMA and policies. So those are some of the limitations to be aware of, but again, it's not the end of the world because patrol configuration manager can still be used to report against, search and compare and retrieve configuration data um, from the agents if you really need to use it that way. Now, if you, you choose to do this, obviously you've got to have a connection directly from PCM to the, to the patrol agents to gather that data, Okay. Um, And also, you know, referring back to the capabilities within CMA and so forth that we talked about in some of the previous webinar sessions, you do have the agent query capability. So it's not as if you don't have visibility into the agents. You just don't have the same functionality that you've got in patrol configuration manager, which may or may not be, you know, needed in in most environments. Um, In my opinion, it's probably not needed in most environments, Most of us are very used to using patrol configuration manager, and then along comes BPPM 9.5 with policies and CMA, and it's a different paradigm. It's a different approach to to configuration management, Um, and and the fact that the policy capabilities in BPPM 9.5 support an enforcement strategy um, and, and the intention of policy management in general the need to search across all the configurations and so forth in like we can do in PCM at a very detailed level becomes less of a need. I'm not saying that it's totally not needed, but in my opinion it's somewhat less of a need because of the trust that you can put into the policy um, process and so forth that guarantees the enforcement of configuration settings. Okay. So considering all that, deciding a configuration methodology is really the first major um, you know, thing that you need to cons- consider and, and, and um, work with um, in, in, in using policies versus PCM and patrol consoles and so forth. And this decision process is more or less centered around the three different utilities that provide configuration management within the BVM stack against patrol agents. So obviously there's CMA monitoring policies and all, of the ba- all the basic policies within um, CMA. Then there's patrol configuration manager, which we've talked a little bit about so far. And, of course, there's patrol consoles. Now, I'll hit this topic again when we talk about when to use patrol consoles. But, but today, we don't really consider patrol consoles to be a, a component or utility to help you manage configuration per se, especially in a production environment. Okay, Um, it it allows you to connect to one agent at a time and set thresholds and do other different configurations against agents and KMs and so forth. Um, But it's not a mass configuration utility as PCM and CMA are. So you really would not be using and should not be using patrol consoles for the majority of your configuration in any particular environment. A hybrid approach can be used and often is used, and we're seeing that quite often um, in a number of different customer environments. Okay, um, and so why would you have a hybrid approach? Well, it's required for certain scenarios. There are certain BPPM features that are non-patrol oriented features that would require, and do, not would, but do require policies. Um, to be configured in order to facilitate those features, okay? So if if you're you're using a, you know, more or less um, non-policy-based approach for configuring patrol agents, that doesn't mean that you can get away with not using policies at all. There are certain policies that have nothing really to do with the patrol agent themselves and the KMs themselves at the patrol agent, um, they, they basically affect configurations on the BPM server, and we'll give you some exa- all the examples of those and so forth coming up here in some future slides. Also, in infrastructure incompatibility. It, it can be a reason for, for using a hybrid approach. What do I mean by that? Well, in, by infrastructure, I mean the managed infrastructure, not the BPPM infrastructure. So there could be infrastructure considerations in your environment that really require you to use a hybrid approach where you do a lot of your configuration through policies, but certain parts of the infrastructure require that you utilize a non-policy-based uh, approach for configuration management, and we'll give some examples of those coming up. KM compatibility, um, what I mean by that is KMs are not enabled for BPPM 9.5 policies at this time. That could be custom KMs as well as BMC KMs, and we'll repeat that point here in a few moments as well. Another scenario that we're seeing to be quite common is during upgrades and migrations. So obviously this would apply to a pre-existing patrol environment where you've introduced BPPM or you've upgraded BPPM, and you're now going to start taking advantage of the BPM 9.5 policies, that's not necessarily a process that you can do overnight, okay? Um, And you may want to take advantages of of many of the features in BPM 9.5 without yet taking advantage of the policies. Um, And that can be done. Um, So we'll talk a little bit more about those details regarding that when we get to some slides that discuss the upgraded migration points. Okay, so just keep in mind a hybrid approach can be used, and we're seeing it used quite often, especially in more complex environments. So what, what really overall is the process around con, um, deciding a configuration methodology, and, and what are our best practices around that? Well, first of all, we recommend that you use a policy-based configuration approach unless there is a very distinct reason or reasons not to. So your first approach to this should be, hey, I'm going to use policies, and if I can't, I'm going to use them as much as I can across my environment um, and so forth. So if the environment infrastructure requires a non-policy-based approach, and again, we'll talk about some details about that in a moment, um, that would be one of the distinct reasons to not use a policy-based approach, Okay. Uh, You could use non-policies for KMs that are not 9.5 policy-enabled. Okay, Obviously, if they're not 9.5 policy-enabled, you really can't use the policies in 9.5 for such KMs. Um, And also, the upgraded migration um, topic, again, that would more or less be a temporary state. If you're following a methodology like that, we recommend that any new agents being applied in the environment be managed by policies and the older agents in an upgrade migration strategy be the only ones that are temporarily not managed by policies okay so at some point you'll you'll realize that for some agents it makes sense and you may even have to use a non-policy based approach so by a mixed agent environment what we mean is some agents are going to be policy managed and some are not. You would use non-policy only when agents are not 9.5 enabled, okay? And also use um, non-policy during upgrades and migrations as well. So you may have an, a mixed approach from an agent perspective during a migration as well. The next, you know, option is mixed KM solution environment, meaning some KM solutions are policy managed and some are not. What I mean by KM solutions is the Windows KM that monitors all of the application classes, um, um, you know, that that are provided with the Windows knowledge module versus the Oracle knowledge module and all of its application classes. So those two guys are two examples of Windows or two examples of KM solutions. CAMs that are not enabled for 9.5 policies is an obvious, you know, requirement that you use a non-policy-based approach there. Uh, Use non-policy only in existing patrol environments, okay? Um, So, in other words, during an upgrade and so forth, you'd use non-policy only when time to convert to policies is a concern during a migration or upgrade, Um, And even under those conditions, you should consider and plan to convert to policies over time. Now, the last point that is technically possible is what we call a mixed application class scenario within a single KM. So, in other words, some application classes that belong to a specific KM solution are policy managed and some are not. Do not do this. Okay, although it's technically feasible, it's definitely not a best practice. And the main reason it's not a best practice is you could get into a state of confusion. It's too much to keep track of um, from a policy management perspective. Um, And then in addition to that, there are, and this doesn't apply to every single KM solution, but there are some KM solutions that have dependencies across application classes and collectors and so forth. Um, which may get you into a confused state and so forth. So we just completely, you know, strongly recommend that you do not even attempt to, um, to 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 split policy versus non-policy management across application classes that belong to a single KM solution. Okay, so in order to make some of these decisions, you really need to have a good understanding of. What the different policy configuration settings actually do, and what the implications are from a policy versus non policy based approach and where conflicts might exist and things like that, so this screenshot you see here is if you're not already familiar with it it is the 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 it's basically the list of different policy configuration uh, selection criteria that you can can set up and define when you create monitoring policies. So there's a monitoring configuration, the filter configuration, agent threshold configuration, and so forth. We're going to go through each one of these and talk about the implications from the perspective of policy versus non-policy based management and what some of the behavior um, is regarding these guys and where the, where the data is actually stored and what those implications are and so forth. Okay, so monitoring configuration, what is that? Well, basically it controls which KMs are used for monitoring and which instances are monitored by agents. So which managed instances are are monitored by the agents and the KMs. When you go through the configuration settings for monitoring configuration and, and pick the different KMs and application classes and so forth, you're basically going to you're basically creating policy settings that are telling the agent hey go load up this KM or these KMs and monitor these specific instances and so forth so that process when when the when the the resulting policy gets applied to agents that ultimately populates a preloaded KM list that is specific for configuration data okay so we've introduced an, a second preloaded KM list that belongs to, quote, configuration data, and we'll talk about the implications of that and, and how that works with the older preloaded KM list as well coming up in, a few, in some future slides here, okay? Do not also use rules in PCM and, and or patrol console to configure the same knowledge module solutions that you configure for monitoring under the monitoring configuration selection, Okay. Um, And also be aware that all all the configuration that you're defining here ultimately gets stored at the patrol agents in the form of agent configuration rules. Okay. Filtering configuration, what does that do? It allows you to filter performance data and events that are sent from the patrol agents to the BPVM server through the integration service nodes. It is the only way with 9.5 to filter data and events that are coming from patrol. So in the previous versions of BVPM, that filtering was actually done at the, at what we called the adapters, um, that were um, that, whose configuration was executed and managed, at, well, executed is the right wording, um, at the integration service nodes. Well, those adapters don't exist anymore. Um, so all of your filtering of data and events coming from patrol, is actually managed in these filtering policies, and they are stored at the patrol agents. So the agents basically know what to send up and what not to send up, okay? Agent threshold configuration controls thresholds stored at the patrol agents. It controls events that are generated at the patrol agents. This should be limited to availability and Boolean-related parameters primarily, Okay? Uh, By Boolean-related parameters, I mean parameters that have um, a result that is either a good or a bad result. So it's not just a service or a process that's up or down, but it could also be a um, the fact that we've detected a string in a log file that we're monitoring for. That's another example of a, quote, Boolean parameter. It's not something that you trend and whose trend is valuable from a performance and abnormality perspective. Never apply agent threshold configurations to performance parameters. Unless you have a very specific reason to, it doesn't make sense to do that, okay? Do not also apply rules in, in patrol configuration manager and or patrol consoles that, that ultimately configure the same settings on the same agents that the agent threshold configurations, uh, configuration policies do. So don't create a... a um, you know, a a conflict or some kind of, um, you know, association there. And also keep in mind that all of these settings for the agent threshold configurations in the policies are stored at the agents. And when I talk about where things are stored, that's a very important point. It may be relatively obvious to some of the folks on the call. Some of the other ones may not be quite as obvious. It's very important that you remember, you know, where these types of policy configurations are actually stored because, That gives you an indication of where conflicts may exist and may not exist and certain capabilities that exist um, in BBPM um, 9.5 that didn't previously exist in patrol if you're you're just now introducing BBPM 9.5 to the environment. Server threshold configurations are an example of that. So server threshold configurations control thresholds that are stored at the BDPM server, not at the agents. They have no impact on the agents the agent and KM configurations themselves down at the agent level. Okay. They're primarily utilized to define instance level thresholds. They should be limited to performance related parameters. You should never apply server threshold configurations. Um, to availability or Boolean level parameters. That's one of our general best practices. In other words, what you should be doing is generating those types of events at the patrol agents and letting the agents send those events up and then managing them accordingly um, to your needs up in the BBVM server. Um, these the, the, the server threshold configuration policy settings must be stored in policy. There's no other way to do it. You can't – it's not possible to apply these types of settings in a non-policy-based configuration um, settings. Okay? And they are not stored at the agents. They are stored at the BVM server. Agent configuration um, – These are primarily intended for specific agent settings and polling frequencies. Uh, There's descriptions and discussion about them in the previous webinar on monitoring configuration if you need more detail there. Do not also use rules in PCM and or patrol consoles to configure the same settings on the same agents. You'll just create confusion for yourself if you do that. So pick a strategy um, whether it be policy-based or PCM-based, and basically stick with it. And keep in mind that this, these agent configurations are all stored at the agents. And when I talk about stored at the agents, that's their, that's their ultimate destination. Um, you know, obviously when you create an agent configuration as a policy in CMA, a representation of that information is stored at the CMA server, okay? Um, so, you know, it is stored there, but, it, but it's ultimately populated down to the agents, and that's where it's ultimately acted upon, um, uh, and, and that is at, at the agent level. Server configuration, it supports the following capabilities. It allows you to automatically add agents to groups in the BPM server. So when an agent checks into the BBPM server, um, a policy configured for these settings will automatically assign that agent to a group. It could also create a group, uh, so, so be aware of that. Uh, co- you also have the ability to copy baselines from an existing device to an agent or agents that are being introduced into the environment when they check in. Um, what this allows you to do is things like probably the best use case would be you've got a web server farm that uh, has say four web servers sitting on sitting in front of your application servers for a large business application and those um, those web servers are all say Apache and they're all configured the same way, and they all run behind a load balancer and it gets to a point where you decide that you need to add some additional capacity okay you could add two additional servers that are, are um, just like the, the, the previous four servers running behind the load balancer and utilize this automated copy baseline feature to start up the baselines on those two new servers according to the baselines from one of the previous, um, previous agents for one of the other servers, okay? Um, It also allows you to associate user groups automatically with component CIs that are ultimately devices in BPPM. So it's allowing you to to automate more or less the access control of users based on which groups the users belong to and and control which users can actually, you know, connect to, can can actually see see the appropriate devices and so forth. All of these settings must be stored in policies. So if you want to take advantage of this feature, you have to create policies for it. Um, it's not possible to apply any of this in a non-policy-based configuration setting methodology, and, and none of these settings are stored at the patrol agents. They're all stored up at the BVPM server, so the agents never see this data like they don't see some of the other ones as well. Now, the last area that you can configure within... The um, monitoring policies is an area that we call configuration variables. This is kind of like a freeform area where you can create whatever freeform um, uh, configuration settings you want similar to what you would enter in PCM. Okay? It allows you to manually enter and or import agent configuration rules from PCM. Um, you should import or create policies for old PCM rules where no monitoring policy wizard is available, okay? So uh, there's not a monitoring policy wizard that walks you through the steps to create a rule for history retention would be an example, okay? So this that would be a good example of of um, what types of settings would be managed within the configuration variables selection area for a policy. Use, use a selection area only for base agent policies that include agent configuration which controls ultimately controls agent behavior, okay um, Don't try to enter settings such as km, um, which instances are monitored for a km in this area. Don't try to, to enter things like uh, threshold settings and those and whatnot in this area either. Use the other wizards, the policy wizards for those capabilities, okay. And some more examples here. I mentioned agent history retention, agent run queue scheduled settings, disabled KM list is another one, and there's many more that you might manage um, within the configuration variable section as well. Okay? Do not import rule settings from PCM for all of your KM monitoring configuration. What I mean by that is let's suppose you've got a a patrol environment that's been in place for quite some time, and now you're introducing BPPM 9.5 on top of patrol, okay, to take advantage of baselining and predictive alarming and all those kinds of things. It doesn't make sense to just go and import all of your PCM rules into the configuration variable section of a policy or policies to facilitate all of your management. We strongly recommend that you go and start leveraging the policy wizards and so forth and move over to that methodology of configuration management and don't just, you know, copy what you've got out of PCM over into the new uh, capabilities and technology. Do not try to convert policy data from the old format to the new format. What I mean by this is, and you'll see this, coming up in a few slides here, there's a, a, a new branch added to the agent configuration database called config data, if you're not already familiar with that. And, you know, you may look at that and think, well, what I could do is um, just create my own config data rules within the configuration variable section of a, a policy, okay? Um, that, that's actually not feasible. Don't do that. Um, the The primary reason technically that it 's not feasible is that the all the config data and so forth uh, uh, based policies are associated to specific policies um, and the CMA uh, component within BBpm knows what those relationships are and so forth, and you have no way of actually you know, associating a, quote, unquote, config data entry with a specific policy type such as filtering or whatever. Okay, so don't even attempt to, to go work with that like you would have in PCM in the old days using the old format. Also, do not try to import large rule sets from PCM. There's a number of reasons not to do that. Very large rule sets may fail to import. You might run into an issue trying to import a really large rule set. There is no validation as well. So by validation, what I mean is when you go through the wizard and you're, you're creating a monitoring configuration policy, okay, um, there's some validation around what is, is being, you know, what you're actually creating. You, you have to walk through the wizard, you have to pick the application classes, you have to define the instances and so forth through the wizard. And under the covers, the CMA component basically validates um, and, and ultimately guarantees that you, the configuration you're, that you are creating from a GUI front end is properly translated into the appropriate rule syntax and so forth behind the scenes for you, okay? When you import stuff into, import rules and whatnot, into the configuration variable section, there's no validation around that. It's it's just, like I stated, it's free form. It's very similar to PCM, okay? Also, some KM-dependent rules are formatted differently in policies versus PCM, And that if you if you start just blindly importing stuff and and trying to manually enter stuff there, you may run into some issues with that as well. There's also potentially performance problems when applying policies to the agent population. Okay, so not only may you run into an issue trying to import an extremely large rule set, but you may also have performance problems when if you take a very large set of rules that are defined within the configuration variables section, and I'm talking thousands here, you know, not, not you know, smaller numbers, um, when those get applied, they get applied in bulk more or less. They get they get applied as, as one block of data to the agents, and that could introduce a performance problem trying to apply very large amounts of data Um, Associated within and configured within the the configuration variable selection of a policy Okay, so to kind of wrap up the decision-making process In in, deciding what configuration methodology you should follow We recommend that you take a top-down approach Top-down meeting, your first take at it should be let's try to go all policy managed. In other words, all patrol agents will all be policy managed across the entire environment or they will not be policy managed across the entire environment. Now, of course, if you don't, don't choose to make them policy managed, then you're not going to be able to take advantage of various other, you know, capabilities that we've already talked about and benefits that the policy management provides. So if if you can't go all one way or the other, and it doesn't make sense to then your second line of attack um, would be to look at a mixed agent scenario where some patrol agents are policy managed and some are not. And there are some specific detailed reasons there that we're going to get into here on the next slide or so uh, to, to highlight uh, some use cases around that. Um, then, you know, your third approach is, a mixed km solution approach where some km solutions are policy managed and some are not we've got a number of customers that are actually uh, following this kind of approach decided to do it on their on their own and some decided to do it with some of, uh, some advice from us based on you know their environment and their upgrade strategy and their upgrade timing and so forth. A really good use case example is if you're not using the auto configuration capability in the Oracle knowledge module that it's going to take you time to set up the instances um, and configure the policies appropriate to manage those instances, okay? And and there's there's also some caveats with instance addition and so forth that we'll talk about in some future slides as well. So considering those those, um, topics, it might be quicker for you to um, remain patrol configuration management based for some period of time for, for Oracle but then leverage policies for all of your operating system monitoring. Okay, um, you know, So th- that's certainly a viable approach, and it really makes sense as well going back to considering upgrades and migrations. It's going to take you some time to build out and test your policies during an upgrade and migration uh, process. Okay, so the last one, and I've already hit on this, I'm going to you know, mention it again, a, a fourth technically feasible approach is to manage some application classes within a single KM using policies and other application classes within that same KM solution using a non-policy based approach. We very strongly recommend that you do not do that. That's definitely not a best practice. Um and you should note that this does not necessarily mean that um a a, poli- a, a KM cannot be policy managed from um a, a you know a, a um um policy type perspective versus other types. Me- what I mean by that is you could choose to be policy-managed for a particular knowledge module solution regarding the monitoring configuration. In other words, which KMs are loaded, which KMs are not loaded, what instances you're monitoring, and all those kinds of things, um, yet at the same time, have a non-policy-based approach for um, you know other things such as agent configuration for some reason, okay? An- another really good example is And this is not optional, actually. It's it's a requirement because of the way the product works. Another example would be, suppose you have decided to manage all of your um, monitoring configuration thresholds at the agents and so forth utilizing um, PCM, but you want to take advantage of server thresholds that are stored up in the BBPM server. In other words, the baselining, predictive alarming, and those kinds of things. Well, under that scenario, you have to create policies to facilitate those capabilities that are only uh, provided within the BVM server and acted upon within the BBPM server. Okay. So um, that's overall the decision-making process and some of the key points to consider in making your decision. There are certain scenarios requiring non-policy-based configuration. Um, Managed infrastructure is, and I've separated this around major use cases. So one of the major use cases is managed infrastructure. You might have security requirements regarding DMZs and or secure zones that don't allow you, for, for security reasons, to actually take advantage of policies, okay? And this is a very, very specific scenario. So, you know, pay very close attention to this. It, it, this scenario includes not one of, but both of these particular conditions. So if the condition is such that, the security requirement is such that connections from the agents within the DMZ into the BPM's infrastructure is not allowed. In other words, nodes within the DMZ are not allowed to connect back into a secure zone where your BBB infrastructure is actually installed, and simultaneously in addition to that you're not allowed to actually install an integration service node within the DMZ okay um, the only scenario that I can think of you know real live use case around this is I've worked with a customer I can't remember their name but i uh, I've worked with a customer in the past who was who who was actually monitoring agents and and um, deploying agents and monitoring managed nodes that were in their end customer's environment. And that end customer said, um, you know, their requirements and so forth were such that the end customer environment cannot make a connection back into their environment. The connection has to go the other way. And in addition to that, they were not able to go and install an integration service node into the customer's environment. That's the only scenario that I can remember in a, a real-world example where, where this would actually apply. Okay. Um, another scenario is operating, and again, this is around infrastructure, meaning the managed infrastructure. Operating systems and their required agents are not enabled for BBPM 9.5 yet. And we've already talked about this in some of the best, previous best practice sessions. This would apply to iSeries. The iSeries agent is not yet um, 9.5 compatible. Same for OpenVMS, and we do have a few customers who have a few applications that they're monitoring running on Microsoft Windows 2000. Microsoft Windows 2000 is not supported with the BBPM 9.5 agent, and we don't expect to actually upgrade that agent for Microsoft Windows 2000 at this time. Um, there's not any, you know, significant demand for that. So the way you handle that is you deploy an older agent to that managed node or managed nodes, and then monitor accordingly. Okay. So the other major use cases from an operational perspective, um, and what this amounts to is. Um, ultimately, knowledge mo- well n- not just from an operational perspective, but from from a knowledge module perspective. Meaning, knowledge modules are not enabled for 9.5 policies yet. Um, there's two categories there. Very simply, custom knowledge modules that haven't been enabled for 9.5 yet, as well as certain BMC knowledge modules that are not yet. enabled. There is a link here, and we've provided this in in previous sessions and documentation as well, a link to um, the the list of BMC Knowledge Modules showing which ones are 9.5 compatible and which ones are not. Um, Another scenario again is upgrades and migrations. So the, the time and effort to create policies versus the time to value for BPM 9.5, where you want to take advantage as quickly as possible. Um, you want to take advantage of configuration versus streamed and non-streamed data, the, as well as the ability to visualize things like um, some of the menu commands and visualize things like annotated data and whatnot within the BPM 9.5 GUI console, if you want to take advantage of of streamed and non-streamed data visualization as well as annotated data and whatnot within the BPM 9.5 console quickly, knowing that it's going to require time for you to create your policies, um, then it it definitely makes sense for you to go ahead and introduce 9.5 from an upgrade perspective and, and get your agents reporting in a, a, accordingly to 9.5 and then work through the configuration of policies over a period of time, okay? Um, if you do this, you really should plan to create policies over time. You know, don't, don't plan to just implement 9.5 with um, a patrol, your patrol environment and just continue to maintain a non-policy-based approach for an extended period of time. It does make sense for, you know, in upgraded migration scenarios, but for a long period of time, it really doesn't make sense. We, we encourage you to start moving towards a policy-based approach and taking advantage of all of its capabilities and so forth. So at a very high level agent rule structure, Um, We we talked about this in the previous webinar session. I know there was a little bit of confusion around it, and if you're not already familiar with it, it may be confusing to you, so I want to make it very clear what this means. The the BBPM 9.5 patrol agents now include an agent rule, a new rule that designates if the agent is policy managed or not. And this is what the actual rule looks like. It's under agent setup, um, integration, deny, CFG. The setting is either true or false. Some of the confusion around this comes into play with this being kind of a double negative based on how you set it up. So when the value is set to false, which is the default setting, by the way, the agent will be policy managed in CMA, all right? So when it's false, it's going to be policy managed in CMA. Basically, you're saying that you're not going to deny CMA configuration, so, therefore, CMA configuration and policies will be enabled. When the value is set to true, the agent will be known to CMA. It's going to appear in CMA, and it will even forward data up to the BVM server based on whatever it's configured to monitor, um, but it will not be policy managed. So, so, policies will not be applied to it, and um, it just simply will not be policy managed. Okay. So some more more things to think about regarding this policy-enabled setting. By default, a new agent will monitor nothing, and no data will be sent to the BVPM server from the agent until it receives a policy. So when I say new agent here, I'm saying you've deployed a new BVPM 9.5 agent without any you know, custom configuration or anything like that. It's just been deployed out there, and it's ready to receive a policy. It's not going to monitor anything and send any data up, Um, until it actually receives a policy. By not monitor anything, I mean not monitor any, you know, knowledge modules and things like that. When an agent contains policy and non-policy based rules for the same knowledge module, and this is an extremely important point because it, it impacts, you know, current environments where you may be doing upgrades and so forth. So if an agent contains both policy based rules and older non-policy-based rules for the same knowledge module, the policy-based rules will be superseded and non-policy-based rules, or excuse me, the the policy-based rules will supersede the non-policy-based rules when the agent configuration setting for deny config is set to false. Okay, so setting it to false again ensures that policies get applied and they supersede any non-policy-based rules associated with um, the, the configuration, monitoring configuration policies. And then the opposite is true if it's toggled to true. So if, if the deny config setting is set to true, then the policy settings would be ignored. They actually get removed. And they get removed if if you flag if you set that in CMA. In other words, you go to to the agent in CMA and tell it you don't want it to be policy managed anymore. Then that would set this deny config value to true, and the process would remove the config rules for the policies, and the agent would toggle back to the whatever configuration is in it for the non-policy based rules. Okay. This applies to monitoring configuration settings primarily. It also does apply to config data um, in the the preloaded KM list for config data, which we'll talk a little bit more about here on another slide. Okay, so this is a really key point, and it mainly applies to existing environments that already have patrol deployed. And and you you need to keep in mind the implications of that, and we'll talk a little bit more about that again here in a little bit an existing agent that was upgraded to 9.5 will populate monitored instances and stream data and events to the BVM server based on whatever it's currently monitoring okay whatever it's con- currently configured to monitor without having any policies applied at all so you can take an existing patrol environment upgrade the agent to 9.5 point that agent to a, uh, a BVPM um, integration service, 9.5 integration service node, a BVPM server, and the data for that agent will start populating up into the BVPM server right away without it receiving any policies. You don't have to actually create a policy for it in order for it to do that. Now, there is certainly implications around that, especially from a filtering perspective, which we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, this occurs with staging integration service nodes as well as data collection integration service nodes. So be aware of that. The non-policy-based configuration remains in effect until a policy is applied. Okay, so that goes back to the second major bullet on this slide. It also applies to new 9.5 agents that are that are. Uh, configured for non-policy-based rules. So if you de- deploy a new 9.5 agent and then you push down some PCM rules to it, whatever those rules tell the agent to go monitor, it's going to start monitoring them and that data will be fed up into the BVM server. So be aware of that behavior as well. Okay, some do's and don'ts here around... Um, this policy enabled setting, do not toggle this setting in production. It could result in significant increases in the number of instances monitored that were not desired is, is one particular reason um, It may result in instances being marked for deletion and monitoring stopped were not intended so when you basically if you toggle that setting Um, And especially if you do it through the CMA console where you're able to choose the the wrench for an agent and then tell it not to be policy uh, managed, you know, disable the policy um, management for it, that will actually delete all of the configuration for the policies and and toggle it back to a non-policy managed state, which has major implications. It's going to stop monitoring those instances that it was configured for based on the policy settings And if there's no other settings for the agent for those uh, particular agents for those particular KMs, then obviously it's going to stop monitoring for that KM. So you should plan and test the configuration in a development environment and do your toggling there. Don't do that in a production environment at all. Decide if agents will be primarily policy managed or not. If most of the environment will benefit from policy-based management, then obviously you should leverage policy-based management for most of your agents. Agents that cannot be policy-managed should have this value set to true. And again, we're talking about the policy-enabled setting. In other words, the the deny config setting in the um Pconfig database for the agents. And another point that I didn't put on these slides is it's best if you manage that setting through CMA, um, basically through that, that um, menu option from the wrench where you, you define whether or not the agent's going to be policy-based, uh, managed or not. Okay, so... Some details around agent rule structure. We can't go into an extreme amount of detail here because we just not have the time to get into that. Um, and, and a note on this, it, it's, it will behoove you to basically look at and, and study and understand the agent config data as well as the other agent configuration settings if you're not already familiar with them by viewing them through the agent query uh, capability in BPM 9.5 or in a test environment through PCM and so forth. So if you're not already familiar with this, there's this new config data branch in the agent configuration database. It it starts off with slash config data, you know, slash blah, 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 whatever the config data is. Only policy-based settings are stored under config data. So, you know, older non-policy-based settings are not stored under config data it's extremely important to remember that not all policy-based configuration settings actually reside under config data. Okay, so you could still have policies that manipulate slash agent setup, you know, whatever that may be. It could be the preloaded KM list there. It could be disabled KM list. It could be history retention. And there's also other settings across various knowledge modules that aren't actually stored under config data, although they may be manipulated by policies. So be aware of that. Uh, config data is, is, the config data branch is primarily for monitoring configuration settings. However, there is a preloaded KM um, entry under config data. Okay, so we've introduced a, a, an additional preloaded KM list, which we'll talk a little bit more here in, a, in another slide about what the behavior of that is and so forth. Okay. Um, Non-policy-based rules, well, they simply follow the same old format that you're familiar with as seen in PCM and so forth. For all the KMs and agent configuration and so forth, meaning agent setup and so forth. Policy settings that follow the old format, there, again, there are... There are certain policy uh, configuration settings uh, that get manipulated into rules that don't actually reside under the config data branch. So what are they? Well, there's there's various agent settings, um, disabled KM list, history retention, and, and many more that I've already kind of hinted at and, and, and uh, mentioned here. There's also some various uh, KM settings um, that... That, that don't actually get entered under the config data branch. Uh, I believe, and I don't have an example in a slide here, but I believe one of them is related to file systems, okay? File system monitoring and configuration is is one particular example there. Um, and I'm pointing this out mainly for those folks who have spent a large amount of their um, patrol, you know, um, life or history in PCM and has spent a lot of time working with different um, rules and so forth, agent configuration rules in PCM, because undoubtedly you're going to want to go look at this and you're going to start, you know, digging into the details. And, and, And just to kind of a side note at this point, I strongly recommend that you don't try to manage those rules like you've done in the past with PCM. Instead, when you switch over to a policy-based management approach, you should really let the policy wizards and so forth manage all of that for you. That's ultimately one of the major intents of a policy-based approach so that you don't have to dig down into all the details um, of, you know, the actual, you know, the syntax and settings and so forth within the agent configuration rules. Um, So, so, you know, start switching over to a a different mindset where you configure things within the policies, leveraging the wizards and so forth, and moving away from managing all the, you know, the detail and so forth in PCM like you may have in the past. Okay, so I've I've talked about preloaded KMs. We've introduced a second preloaded KM uh, variable to the agents. Um, Of course, the older preloaded KM list under the agent setup branch is still there and it is still in use, okay? But we've introduced this new one under the config data branch. It gets populated with KMs automatically when you configure a KM in a policy and then that policy gets applied to the agent. Well, that process is going to update um, the preloaded KM list that lives under the config data branch. It does not have any impact on the agent setup branch. Yet the agent setup branch is still read by the agent. Okay. All knowledge modules that you use for monitoring on an agent must be in one of the pre, pre in one of the preloaded KM lists. Okay. So that that's you know obviously it's been a best practice for a long time and that that hasn't actually changed. The agent will actually load all the KMs that are listed in the KM in the in in either one of the the uh, KM preloaded lists. In other words, it basically merges the contents of those lists in order to know what to to preload. So you may have some KMs that are um, policy managed. And their entries are in the config data branch, okay? And then others that are not policy managed would have to be in the agent setup branch. So the preloaded KM list under the, under the uh, config data branch, again, it's automatically populated and managed by um, leveraging policies, basically. And you, you generally should not have to go and edit that at all, okay? Let the policy... Um, application and and removal and so forth handle updating the config data branch for you with respect to preloaded KMs. And again, KMs that are not policy managed will not have a corresponding entry in the value for the preloaded KM list under the the agent config um, data branch. Um, And in addition to that, we're not automatically updating the agent setup branch either, okay? So if, you, if you're using a non-policy based approach for a particular KM, you need to make sure that that KM is included in the agent setup branch where you define preloaded KM lists there. Now what about the disabled KMs list? Policies have no effect on the disabled KM list whatsoever. In other words, policies do not add KMs to the disabled KM list, and they do not remove KMs from the disabled KM list. There is also no disabled KM list variable under the config data branch. We haven't added a new one anywhere. Okay, So the behavior of the disabled KMs list is just as it was in the past. The disabled KMs list still exists under the agent setup branch, and it's still in use today. Um, The 9.5 agent will not load KMs that are included in the disabled KMs list And in addition to that, if you have KMs that are in the disabled KM list And you go create a policy for one of those KMs The the KMs are not going to get loaded The agent's just simply not going to load them So the behavior hasn't changed in that regard from previous versions of, of patrol agents Okay, so let's go through some policy-based considerations and then non-policy-based considerations and wrap up with the last two topics being when to use patrol consoles and uh, some, some general best practices. Workflow. Keep in mind the workflow of entering policies does not follow the same user workflow as with PCM or patrol consoles. It's different. The, the Configuration management paradigm is different between these two approaches. Uh, so, so please don't expect them to be the same. They're going to be different, and it makes sense for you to learn the new methodology and not expect it to be the same as the old methodology. If you have a need for what we, what I'm calling additive policies. Um, then that's going to be available. We expect it to be available with Service Pack 1. It's currently planned for early July. Um, Basically, what I'm getting at here is the the current um, policy-based approach does not readily support what I call additive policies for instances. So, for example, let's suppose on Windows you have designated five different services that you're always going to monitor on every Windows machine no matter what. And then you have some additional services that you're going to to monitor um, on some web servers. Maybe you're going to be monitoring services related to, you know, um, your web servers and so forth, unique to those specific boxes, okay? Um, Ultimately, what customers want to do is create a base setting for services that include the original five services to be monitored that applies to all machines, and then we want to create another policy that includes only the additional services for web um, servers, and then apply those policies only to the web servers, and the end result we would expect to be um, you know, a, a combination of the base policy plus the additive policies um, for the additional web services. Well, that, that's not possible today in the current release, And again, it will be available. We expect it to be available at least with SP1 planned in early July. Uh, So be aware of that consideration. The way we handle that today is you basically can copy a policy by exporting and importing it and then um, editing the, the, the copy to include all of the settings that you need and applying them to the web servers. Okay, upgrades and migrations. Be careful what previous configuration settings you leave in the agent. If you are policy-based for a specific KM, you should remove the older PCM-based configurations for the same policy that is not in use. Um, One way to handle that, probably the easiest way to handle that, would be to purge the agent before you apply the policies. That will basically guarantee you that you get only the, the, the necessary configuration settings for the policies based on whatever your policy configuration is. Um, One of the reasons for following that approach is keep in mind there are some uh, settings that policies manipulate that are not actually under the config data branch. So trying to figure all that out and piece part that together uh, for a particular KM could be a difficult task. So it's a lot easier just to clean it up by purging and then applying the policies. You also should definitely test upgrade behavior and really any other uh, other behavior and address any conflicts found and, and, and issues found in a test environment before you ever try to do this in, in production. So that, that's very, very critical that you do that. Um, now, some non-policy-based considerations, filtering. If you're following a purely non-policy-based configuration, uh, remember that with dot 9.5, the filtering policies are the only way to filter data coming up from the patrol agents. Okay? Um, define filter policies for anything you wish to filter, and keep in mind that filtering is stored at the patrol agents. Automated grouping is another capability that is not available with non-policy based, a non-policy-based approach. If you go purely no policies whatsoever, then the automated grouping that we've already talked about is, is not going to be available for you. You have to create policies for that. But that's not really a conflict at all. Um, you can basically do that, and, and none of that data is stored at the patrol agent, so there's no concern for a conflict regarding you know, a non-policy-based approach and a policy-based approach. The same concept applies for automated baseline copying, which we talked about earlier, Okay. A little bit more on non-policy-based considerations. Automated user access control to devices, which we talked about previously, is in policies. So if you're purely a non-policy-based approach, then you're not going to be leveraging that capability. And again, this is one of these areas where there's virtually no conflict whatsoever. If you want this capability, you configure it in policies, and that gets applied at the BPM server, and it doesn't impact the agents at all. Same thing with server thresholds, not available in a purely non policy based methodology they're not stored at the agents they're all stored at the at the BVM server and last but not least it's kind of a repetitive thing here. Um, automated configuration and enforcement is is you know new with policies is not available out of the box with PCM or patrol consoles. Um, so, you know, keep in mind that it's, that's quite valuable to leverage, and not only is it valuable to leverage, but it's also part of the paradigm shift in switching from a PCM-based approach to a policy-based approach. BPPM server capabilities to think about here. Don't forget this. You know, don't forget why you're implementing BPPM. Patrol consoles and and patrol agents provide monitoring. They can provide alerting and alarming, as we all know. Um, The added benefits on top of uh, all of that with the BBPM server is the predictive alarming, the baselines, abnormalities, detection, being able to analyze abnormalities, probable cause analysis, all of that kind of stuff. So considering that, it doesn't make sense to take things like static threshold settings for, for performance parameters such as CPU utilization that you've implemented in patrol for years and just copy that over into the BBPM um, you know server threshold settings and so forth. Instead, take advantage of the, the, the core capabilities of BBPM that I've just described here and ultimately move your strategy of monitoring from a static threshold perspective to a predictive alarming and baselining approach as provided within the BBPM server. Okay, so what about patrol consoles? Um, There's two primary use cases at a very high level for patrol consoles. One of them is administration and development. You know, when I say development, I mean development of knowledge modules. Development of knowledge modules through the patrol classic console, that's really the only best practice for utilizing a patrol classic console. Now, obviously, it can be used for other things in an admin um, you know, role or in a development type of environment, but we strongly recommend that you don't use it for configuration or use it in a production environment. All right. Um, another reason to utilize patrol consoles would be what I'm I'm going to call knowledge module analysis here. The, the patrol consoles can help an administrator understand how a KM works more quickly. So, you know, through a patrol console, through the, especially the Patrol Classic console, you've got the ability to go look at the KM tab and and more or less kind of um, reverse engineer how a KM works and, and readily quickly understand all of the KM files that represent the KM application classes and things like that so utilizing a patrol console in a development environment really makes a lot of sense and it also provides efficient access to the to the structure of the KMs just like I've described um, to quick, it also can help you quickly understand instances that are automatically discovered okay so when you're working through the wizards in in the, um, excuse me, in the in CMA in the policies, the instances that have been discovered by the patrol agent are not automatically populated into the the GUI for those wizards. Um, so one way to quickly understand, you know, what an instance is for a KM that you're not already familiar with and how that instance should be um, um, referred to and and, and entered within CMA is to look at how it's done in a a test or development environment utilizing a patrol console. And those are really the only administrative and development use cases for patrol consoles. Now, the second major use case, and, and these are kind of corner cases, is in an operational uh, scenario. So where operations may still need to leverage patrol consoles for some period of time. Uh, we don't see these very often. They're, they're certainly not common. Um, but there are certain menu commands that um, are not, that haven't been updated in the KMs yet. There are menu commands available through the BVPM UI, by the way, if you're not aware of that. Okay? But there's some, there are some for some of the KMs that haven't been enabled yet. Um, for the BBPM UI, uh, so th- some examples would include the ability to, you know, click on a menu command and ultimately run what I call a report within the Patrol environment, where Patrol goes out and gathers some data and and presents that in a more or less report format. If you've got those kinds of needs from an operational perspective and you're heavily leveraging those capabilities and you find that those menu commands are not available within the BPM UI for those particular KMs, then it would make sense to to leverage patrol consoles for those use cases. And those use cases really need to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. Okay, another example, which I've only seen a few times, is operational threshold management where the operations team who interacts with the patrol consoles is allowed to go in and edit thresholds for specific knowledge modules. where Patrol Central provides access control around what agents and knowledge modules they can do that against and so forth. Not a common use case, but if that is an absolute requirement in an environment, the way to continue supporting that is with patrol consoles. Okay, so some general recommendations, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, Definitely plan and document your configuration management methodology per knowledge module. Um, If you expect to use use a non-policy-based approach for some knowledge modules and a policy-based approach for others, you should definitely document that. This chart is a very overly simplified example. It's mainly focused around monitoring configuration for the various KMs listed here. I'd recommend that you also include in your documentation an explanation as to why you've chosen to go policy-based versus non-policy-based. Maybe it's due to, um, over some period of time, regarding an upgrade or a migration, okay? Um, or if it's due to older technology, meaning like Windows 2000, um, where you have to deploy an older Um, agent and so forth that's not BPPM 9.5 enabled, you should note that as well. Definitely set up a lab and test policies. It's it's extremely important that you learn how the policies work and test that in a a test environment before trying to deploy it in a production environment. This applies to new environments and especially older patrol environments. Um, but it's really important for both. If policies support all required configuration, use policies and do not use a non-policy-based method. Learn the new method. If the new method supports your needs, then then use it and learn the new method and move away from the PCM-based approach. If you have to use a mixed approach in an environment, decide which method you will use per knowledge module and use the decided method for the entire knowledge module solution. Again, don't break it down by application class. Do not try to shortcut the learning process. Uh, We realize that it may take you some time to learn how the policies work and so forth, and we definitely appreciate all the feedback we've received so far, as well as any that's coming, you know, in future as well. Um, So, you know, we we really strongly encourage you to learn that process um, and don't expect that process to operate like uh, the older methods did, like with PCM and patrol consoles and so forth. Do not mix different configuration methodologies between policy and non-policy based configuration for a single KM solution. I've hit on that I think three times now, so you know please do not go down that path. You'll just call, cause yourself grief most likely. Um, and do not use both non-policy and policy based configuration methods for the same KM solution across different agents. Okay, um, in other words, For a particular KM solution, your final goal should be either policy-based or non-policy-based, not a mixture of both across the environment. Now, we realize that that may be temporarily done, you know, during a migration or upgrade period, uh, but but that's why I say your final goal, your end goal should be, um, you know, one methodology for each individual KM solution. Be very careful deleting and or disabling policies. When you do that, it's going to immediately remove related monitoring, okay? Um, and also related instances will be marked for deletion. That's assuming that there's not some non-policy-based rules hanging around out there at the agent that are monitoring the same instances. If you have a policy that needs significant editing, it is best to do the following, okay? Uh, number one, don't just delete it and then go create a new one because you'll run into the problems that are um, highlighted on the first bullet. Instead, use the export-import utility to copy the policy and then apply a lower precedence number to the new policy that's a copy of the old one that will override the older policy. And then after you've tested, validated, and enabled the new policy, and produ- um, you, you can now enable it in production, then you, you would delete the old policy after that's done. Okay, also a couple of last tidbits here. There is no UI operation for merge of patrol agent rules and CMA. We automatically merge things for you under the covers as needed. Um, And also non-policy managed KMs must be manually included or excluded in the preloaded KM list. That's a repeat of what I've already mentioned. Just want to drive the point home here. They're not automatically added and they're not automatically removed. Um, And as usual, here's the location where you can find our best practices as well as the product documentation and other information out on BMC Communities. And that pretty much wraps up our session today. Cedric, back to you.
0: All right, thanks, Hudson. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for attending today. Uh, hopefully, Hopefully you got a lot of good information out of this. We do realize, you know, we're just touching on some of the subjects. so. There will be more, uh, you know, information that will be needed. You you can work through several of our avenues that we have uh, for additional information. Uh, We will post the uh, presentation and the recording out on the community site, uh, likely within the next couple days. The uh, the Q&A portion that we have will be posted within uh, our documentation portal. Uh, So we'll have everything updated. If you uh, have not gone to the community site where uh, the, the first link at the top of this particular page, I suggested you visit it and uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to that page. That way you'll receive the updates. Uh, aside from that, we hope you all have a uh, great rest of your day, evening, uh, or morning, wherever you may be. Thank you very much.
1: This concludes today's conference. Thank
0: you for your participation.